Hey folks, John here from Maze for Alcoholic again. Today's conversation is with my old friend, Ian Gray. We go way back, at least to the uh, to the late 90s, and it was great to catch up with him in general. Uh, it was great to hear his story and to talk a little bit about the old times, uh, the in-between times, and the new times, and how much better these days really are than those uh, that we shared back then. Um, just all around great to catch up with him and, um, get some inspiration about being miserable enough to change and that we don't have to, uh, we don't have to be any more miserable than we are now. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Ian Gray. So Ian, thank you so much for doing this. Um, this is super cool. Um, to, to, to catch up with you too, um, to give everybody a little bit of a preface about how we know each other. Um, I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong in any of my assessments here, but I think it was around the turn of the century, somewhere between 1998 and maybe 2002, 2003. And we were kind of on the, we were on the periphery of friend groups Mm -hmm. to start. I think like you, like I knew Coda and you knew Coda. Yeah. Um, you know, you were uh, you were in the bowling alley, part of the yeah. bowling alley crew, right? Yeah. And um, and so we all kind of interconnected because people like to party and everybody, you know, you know, somebody's got something here and somebody else has got something yeah. here yeah. and work something out. And so there were many, um, many nights at the bowling alley or even just hanging out at the house. You've been over to the, you were at the boy's house numerous times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we murdered. You went by uh, Naked John. Back I then. did. I yeah. did go by Naked John yeah. back in because of my propensity to strip down after getting you know <laughs> blackout drunk. Yeah, we, yeah. I, they call me Ian Party Favors Gray <laughs> <laughs> because you always had the party favors. Yeah, you know, so it was uh, a much different time. Yeah. Um, so I've known you for for twenty plus. God, twenty plus years now. Yeah, twenty plus years. Um, and you know, in that time, some people have gotten sober that we know some people have decidedly not gotten sober. Um, and I didn't realize how long you had been sober that you just celebrated 13 years. Yeah. 13 years. So, so congratulations first. Thank you. Thank you. And you just Um, seven years. So, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, it's just a trip because, you know, I always felt like me and my friends were the drunkest people, were the highest people that I knew. Yeah. And I'm, I'm rather impressed that many of them have gotten clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so nice there's something, there's something good about that when I, I, I get a good feeling like, okay, well, you know, it's, these are, and not to say that if you can't get clean, you're not a a good person that's not my point but i'm just i'm just feel i guess i just feel very grateful that a lot of the people that i knew and hung out with and got super high and super drunk with are are sober now yeah it's it's nice it's cool to see um so one of the ways i like to start the conversation is not just you know when we knew each other partying together but um as far as alcohol and drugs in your life, how far back did it go? Not maybe just your first drink, but you know, was it something you grew up around? Oh yeah. So like it was just acceptable in my household. Like I probably, I was five. I, my older brother, we, so I smoked cigarettes with my brother when I was five. And then, and then we drank wine coolers or whatever that my parents would give me like shortly after that, you know, mm-hmm. like, and then, but then I remember my parents came back from California with tequila and like my friends and I, we drank, made tequila milkshakes, which is really a bad idea. I don't suggest that. It's like it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, and then like probably in high school, I just like override working steps and like maybe therapy, outside therapy. And I like looked at like, it was in high school and like I had, I took alcohol, beer or whatever to a party. And like, I was like, that was, that was the moment, you know, that like, I think stuff changed, you know, I was like, okay, I could bring substances to a party and people will like me. And like, 
I will change by just drinking them, you know, alcohol. Mm-hmm. And like, I fit into a group. Yeah. You know, and like in high school, it was a weird dynamic. I was like small and like, wasn't like the top guy or whatever from like middle school. And I found alcohol or I found weed first, really. Mm-hmm. Like that, that I was obsessed about that, you know, and like that obsession and compulsion started there probably, you know, or. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, marijuana and especially in Oregon is a very big deal too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, and we were all, we all had our own obsessions with certain substances. Um, so in high school, you find that this is what, this is what brings you connection with other people, mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. this stuff and being able to share it with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and to fit in, I got fit in. Sure. And like, it was like, okay, great. I go to the next party. And like, and my dad worked for Budweiser. And so like, I always had alcohol. Like I, my, there was always alcohol. So like, I would always have alcohol. So, and it was like acceptable to drink. Like I would, it was all right for me to drink in my household, basically. Huh. You know? Like the, the, the marijuana was taboo. Like <laughs> would get in trouble, you know. For marijuana. Like, Budweiser. Trucking. I, I remember I drove my car into a ditch. I had a truck and I was like at a party and drove my truck into a ditch. And I, my dad called my dad. He's like, okay. And he got the tow truck and towed it out. But I didn't get in trouble. You know, it was like, oh. <laughs> you know, like, but, and, you know, so like my dad's an alcoholic, you know, like most of my you know, brothers are, you know, yeah. but long history of alcoholism probably. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, fa- so you, so you're not facing any consequences from your parents at all from no. your substance abuse. Like they are completely, for lack of a better word, complicit in this. Mm-hmm. Did you, in, in high school, did you face any, um, like, legal consequences? Uh, MIPs. And so, MIPs, okay. Minor in possession. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the, what comes with that? Is that just, like, a slap on the wrist? Is that a big deal? I had, I got one in my 17, it was the summer after we graduated high school, so I was still 17, so I had to go through, like, an outpatient program, but I had turned 18 by then, and I had already graduated to like meth and like crack and other substances. So, and that's right. like got my first house and never paid any bills. And like, it was basically a crack house, you know, and like, and it went to, it was terrible, you know? And then that was this, lots of got in trouble, went to jail, you know? And so is this near and around the time that we knew each other? No, this is, I was 24 probably when I met you. Okay. So So this is the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 95, 94, 95. And so like stuff got really bad in Eugene. So I moved to Portland and then lived with my mom and then, um, you know, got better, you know, or whatever, you know. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean you just, you just quit for a while? I... Yeah, I, I smoked weed and drank some, but like, you know, like my life was better, you know, but I just moved, you know, and then like eventually I moved back to Eugene or, and like, that's when I met you. Right. And like found a group of people that like, we all had, you know, it was like, I can't move back and found like a group of people that like drink you know and like it was like cool and it brought me back to like that time in high school you know like yeah and so yeah and, um, just, and, and just like brought alcohols you know like we had alcohol and i then i started selling drugs you know and eventually got caught doing that and like went to, yeah you know, had legal consequences you know um yeah i because i absolutely we were all, everyone that I knew in that, in that group were, and those not, I won't say everybody, but many of the people, many of my closest friends were alcoholics and we were not opposed to, um, finding cocaine, um, or whatever else we could get our hands on. I think methamphetamines for me was something that I, I, I didn't do a lot of, but I was like, anytime it was offered or available, or if we were going to go get it, I was like, sure. Yeah, let's do it. You mean I can stay up for 16 hours and drink? Sure, let's do that, you know? Yeah, it's like, 
that was always a good thing. So like I had got legal consequences and lost like my license. I got DUI mm-hmm. on a scooter. Um, like I was like telling someone on a skateboard on a scooter and like got a DUI. But then like what I was thinking about last night before, like when I was thinking about us talking today and like as mm-hmm. you were living in Seattle, a bunch of you guys moved up to Seattle. Yeah. So I had just got my license back. And so I rented a car and planned this vacation. And like, it, and so I got a, a ice chest and filled it full of paps and put in the, the trunk of the car and got a, and bought a quantity of drugs and started drinking and doing drugs. And I drove the car to Seattle to see you guys. And like, I had just gotten my license back from losing it to DUI. And like, and it was just, just the, the insanity of addiction, you know? Yeah. Like, here I am, I get this, get this back. And then <laughs> drive. So I show up in Seattle, just like spun out. Like, <laughs> I don't remember this. I mean, maybe there's, there's a reason for that, but I mean, I have a, 2004 five something i don't yeah, know yeah. we went to a baseball game yes so this was the red Sox versus the mariners yes yes did we paint our chests with the red Sox? <laughs> maybe you don't remember that i remember being in this coffee shop that daddy claim worked in and we're getting like grease paint put on our chest to say r-e-d-s-o-x and we got thrown out of said baseball game. So that might've been the same weekend. I don't know. It could have been a different one, but. We, we sat, we didn't sit together. So oh. I was sitting with some other guys and you guys were sitting and we met at this bar later on. I was staying at your apartment. I think, well, we didn't sleep, but like we just partied <laughs> the whole weekend. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you're right. The, the absolute insanity. And yeah, that apartment that we had in that time, it didn't matter. Like, yeah, there's a couple couches. Anybody wants to come, come hang out especially yeah. if you have party favors, right? That's like yeah. that, that immediately ingratiates you to anyone around, especially all of these people who are just interested in getting drunk and high anyway. Yeah. Um, so, uh, wow. Yeah. I had, so now I'm kind of like vaguely remembering this baseball game a little bit and yes, I, I was escorted out. So I, yes, I was a part of a different group and you were, you were sitting <laughs> with other folks. That makes more sense now. Um, so, so in all the time in Seattle and in, in Eugene and we knew each other and we partied and all this stuff. Um, and I never had any legal consequences myself, but like I was constantly hung over. It never, it never occurred to me that something was wrong or that something needed to change. Mm-hmm. Um, as you, you know, point out when you're like, what's the first thing I do when I get my license back is get as high as I can and drive. Um, <laughs> to Seattle. To Seattle. The fucking. Yeah, four, 500 miles away. Um, and so what is the, uh, what is the breaking point for you so, in all of this? Well, see, I got into still drinking heavily, and, mm-hmm. but I got into opiates. And like, like I moved to Portland to change because that was the, that's what I needed to do. I needed to move to Portland. I went to Portland state and like, I was leaving Eugene behind, but then I had this nice opiate addiction and like, and stuff just got, I eventually, so eventually I did enough combinations of drugs that I went crazy and like, and I sought help. You know, I reached out to my mom, my uncle and aunt. I went to my uncle and aunt that lived in Portland and stayed with them. And eventually I told my mom and she came up and then she tried to get me help. And eventually I went into like, like I hadn't slept and like, I was like, like it was, it was really bad. I was like, how long? A couple, it was a couple weeks probably. Jesus and Christ. Like, like it was just really bad. And like, I lost my mind and like, I sought help though. I mean, like, like, I ended up in a treatment center and then like, you know, I went to meetings and did everything they suggested, you know, and like, you know, go to meetings, work steps or get a sponsor, work steps, you know, and like right. with that desperation, like it was just like, I was so desperate and I needed, you know, I wasn't like, 
I got clean and I stayed clean, you know? And like, cause like that desperation to go back to where I was, like it's so much work to like, so I'm like, oh, I can do this. I can go get some, I can go get a six pack of paps or whatever. And there's like many new drinks out there that I don't know anything about. Yes, there are. Thing that these white girls get all drunk on and like, <laughs> that looks super fun, but like, it wouldn't feel anything. You know, I just keep, you know, like, and yeah, what's next? And then, yeah, and then, but like, and I found a higher power, you know, mm. which like fast forward 12 years, I got cancer and like, I no longer, I don't know if I believe in a higher power anymore, but like, so, but. Well, so in those first, just to go back a little bit in those first days of uh, rehab and treatment and stuff like that, what is the, so you are absolutely desperate for any sort of help. You have reached your limit of, of drugs and alcohol and, and lack of sleep. Um, did you have any resistance toward anything that anyone said to you there? Not really. I was just like, I took suggestions and like, like I had a good friend. He got clean a few years before me and I hung out with him and he got on his knees and prayed. So I was like, I'll get on my knees and pray. And like, I'm like, he goes to this meeting. I'm going to go to this meeting. And so I just like mimicked and then mimicked his routine, you know, like they did. Yeah. You, know? you follow, you see people that like have recovery and you stick with them. Yeah. That's basically what I did. And then, and I made, you know, I changed stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, a lot of us, and I don't know how you felt about God, but I was very resistant to that part of it. Um, Certainly I was, did not come in the same, from the same uh, headspace as you. Uh, but, um, one of the things that my sponsor said to me, he, he looks at me as we're sitting at his kitchen table and he says, John, are you allergic to kneeling? <laughs> and I said, no, he's like, all right, well, let's get down on the floor and kneel. And, uh, you know, we go through this prayer and, and, you know, immediately I was like, I don't want to fucking kneel with this guy and say some stupid prayer to some God I don't believe in. And then I kind of remembered this time of kneeling down on the ground, digging through the tracks of like a closet, like uh, a sliding door closet, looking for Adderall while my roommate was out of town, you know, because I was so drunk and wanted to get high that I was willing to get down on my knees for drugs, Uh you know, and I'm sure you've probably been there in moments where you're like, I know there's something somewhere I can't be out, like just scouring every little inch looking for a pill or a powder or something like that. But, um, and I think that was a moment where I was like, Oh, okay. So I can kneel. I can do these things. I don't really understand it, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, and can you talk to me a little bit about your higher power? Yeah. It's just before and after. Like I wasn't resistant. We didn't grow up in a household. Like, I guess I went to Sunday school mm-hmm. then my brothers and I were just, we were too rambunctious. So we stopped going, you know, and then mm-hmm. that was, and I guess I went to church with my friends sometimes, but I didn't really have any bad experience with religion really, besides that, like whatever historical stuff with religion, but like, and so it wasn't like that big of a deal to like, find a higher power, I guess. I was like, okay, okay. I'll, you know, came up with a God. I was like, okay, it's whatever, you know, and yeah. something bigger than myself. And so it was weird coming up with a prayer and like stuff like that. And like, so eventually I just copied people's stuff kind of, you know, and then mm-hmm. eventually, you know, I wasn't, and then I was like jonesing or what, what wanting to use one time and then, or drink and, I like just prayed and I, I crouched down and I was just like, I just prayed, you know? And then like, and then, then some people called me to go to breakfast and like, and so then I'm sitting at the Glenwood up on Willamette street with people with like over a hundred years of like sobriety, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, it works, you know? And like, <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll keep doing this, you know? Yeah. I think I had six months at that time and like 
So there was evidence, you know, like my sponsor always told me to look for evidence, you know, and I, here I found some evidence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good way. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Look for evidence. And I've, I've certainly found it, even if it's sort of this vague notion kind of over there, you know, Mm -hmm. it's never been something where, and I really, I always wanted to have this sort of lightning strike moment of like epiphany and it never came for me. It was always this sort of grind and this sort of accepting things and being frustrated and where are my promises? Why aren't they here now? Which I know is completely the wrong way to look at it, but, um, but I think that's awesome, right? You get down, you do the thing and then boom. Um, and when, like, at what point are you committed and comfortable in sobriety that this is how you're going to live and this is how you're going to be? I mean, how long into it did uh, you? It's, you know, like I started getting, you know, I have moved to my mom's house and like, I did, I went to a recovery house and like, that mm-hmm. didn't work out. And so I lived with my mom and like, she gave me money for cigarettes and like gas money to go to meetings and like, you know, and I had food, we had food, you know, sure. like, you know, and like up until probably 18 months, I eventually moved out of her house into a, you know, moved in with some buddies and, you know, and then, and then eventually, yeah, I felt good then, you know, life was getting oh. back to normal, you know, or whatever normal is, but like, you know, I got stuff back, you know, and then started getting, going to school, had, and eventually the job I got fired from, because I was a, a junkie or what, you know, I was a piece of yeah. shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I lost my job. I got that job back, you know, and like started getting stuff back. I'm like, all right, you know, but, and then eventually I got into a relationship and, uh, <laughs> and because you were, you know, I, I think the thing too is now you're just being yourself. You have nothing else to offer, but yourself. There's no, it's not, there's no party favors. Right. Mm-hmm. And to meet somebody and say like, be like, Oh, wow. Oh, you, you like me and, and I'm not giving you anything. Like, that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause I know I didn't have that until I got sober. No. I wasn't, I wasn't capable of it. Right. Yeah. Um, huh. But that, yeah, that relationship was, eh, well, I had, we had a child together mm-hmm. and then I bought a house. So I like had a child, bought a house and then she cheated on me. We <laughs> I kicked her out of the house. So then I'm like five years, I have five years probably. And then like, I'm like sitting in a house and I'm like, I'm a, I have to like, you know, I'm a single dad raising a child, you know? Yeah. Cause she basically took off and I've raised my son for seven years without any other, without his mom. Right. So, right. But, but she had cheated on me with my best friend. <laughs> The guy that showed me how to <laughs> pray. Oh, Jesus. So then I had turned my back. Like I stopped going to meetings really because I didn't want to like recovery became a weird thing. And like I did eventually find meetings that like were fine to go to. Mm-hmm. And but it was like that embarrassment and that ego and like all that stuff. And it was just like, you know, but I kept going to meetings and like I would pray and, you know. Yeah. But I didn't trust anybody. So it is. Yeah, that's, that sucked. (laughs) It does. That's, yeah, it's not a, um, but I didn't use, you know, it was like, I didn't use and like my life, you know, was manageable. Yeah. Like I just worked, made money. Yeah. I didn't deal with, I didn't deal with anything. (laughs) You know, that's too, that's a thing that like, I know that even I'll have moments of in this, in this beautiful life that I have right now, right. I have moments of being resentful or angry or frustrated and, you know, my problems are probably not that bad. Um, I know they're not, but the, I think there's a notion of, I will get sober and everything will be great. Mm -hmm. And it's not the case. 
No, you actually just have to feel stuff and like, um, sucks. and, and, you know, for so long, it's the, the, uh, the inclination is to just get numb, to get high, to get drunk, whatever. And then not having that, you're like, God damn it. But it doesn't mean that we can't continue to push feelings away with other things, um, whether it be work or food or, you know, all that other, whatever, whatever your, your crutch can be, might be. Um, and so this is like seven years on and you are, <clears throat> you have no inclination to use. You're not interested in it. You've, you've reached a point where you go, okay, I have other tools available to me. Mm-hmm. Even if you had that sort of weird relationship with recovery. Right. Yeah. Um, but even like, like, like the idea of like sitting down and having like a beer or like, I'm going to have a, you know, I wish I could be like a glass of wine type of guy, you know, like, but I like the whole bottle or like, you know, but so and, I do that. So like, yeah, I don't understand how people can drink just one glass of beer. Like that doesn't, that, I can't fathom that. Like, I don't understand that. <clears throat> I don't, it's been a long time since I've seen you, but I, I can't imagine you. Yeah. You are not a one beer type of guy. You've never been, we were, we were not that way. We were not built that way. I was going to drink as many as there were until I, I literally was unconscious, but then there were drugs to keep me conscious. It was the perfect system. And you're like blacked out. Everyone hates you because you just, you know, you're just an asshole. And like, except for like, even your friends that are assholes are still, (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah basically like too, but you guys you know like that's who you're hanging out with a bunch of assholes so. <laughs> no offense guys but yes that's uh that's exactly that's exactly what it was um and you know i have ta- i've talked to some friends uh in the past and um they like to remind me uh that you know we did have there were some good times it wasn't all a fucking no. horror show right like but ultimately it was not sustainable or even a good way to live yeah because like so like it always ends up with like me in my bedroom by myself just like miserable like yeah like at like four in the morning just miserable like you know in the yeah. part of me, like i'm just by myself i was always just ended up by myself you know and i just like it's just depressing, you know, like, it's just like, you know, was, there's no party. There's no like fun. It was just like me in agony and sadness, you know, like, and I, I could go drink more, do more drugs. It's just like, it's yeah. over. You know, I never thought about the future really, you know, like, like no, you know, like, not even like, a little bit like the, Guns and Roses, like Motley Crue type of thing, was like that looks rad, and that's what I want to do, you know. And so, like, there was like no, I you know, like having a child or like, kids or buying a house or like, you know. I still, yeah, I can't fathom that. That's, I mean, so, so you said that in your last year. Was it the last year that you got cancer? Yeah, I got cancer last year, 2021. Yeah. Um, and can you talk a little bit about that? And then you also said that's where you had some questions for your higher power. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't pray anymore. And like, yeah. But like, so yeah, like I, my friend, she was like, why don't you have been a mouth breather? You know, and like, I have large adenoids and like, I, I used to, um, but so I, I, she's like, why don't you get them removed? I'm like, okay. And so I asked my doctor about that and she scheduled, you know, another specialist to look at my nose and like, and, um, and that, uh, I, while they were in there looking at my stuff, um, my adenoids, they did a biopsy and they found cancer and then there's a tumor. And then I went through treatment, radiation, and chemo for six weeks. And uh, <clears throat> it's gone now. But like, so, but so like I got put on 
painkillers again. And, um, and that could be a reason why like I have distanced myself from like a higher power because I was like on, you know, substances again, medically, you know, I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, of course. But I the tree I didn't eat, I had a feeding tube and like, it was just, it was terrible. Like it was like, I have, I still have trauma. I have PTSD from last year from treatment and like, and like, I was just yeah, I stopped praying. I was like, I know I can't do this anymore. And like, I don't know, like, I'm like, why did, you know, I'm blaming God or whatever for all this stuff, you know? It's like, I don't know, my God is loving and caring, but like, so, but who knows? It could be because I was like on, I was on Oxy, you know? And like, what was that like to, I mean, what do you, I mean, what do you even say? I mean, at that point you have to, you have to take the painkillers because the pain is too. Yeah. It was, you know, like the obsession and compulsion is like, it's back. Like I'm, so now I'm on Suboxone because I kept trying to get off of the Oxy and I couldn't get off of it. So I'm, then I couldn't get off. And so I went on Suboxone to get off of the thing, but I'm still on Suboxone eventually I'll get off of it. Like, yeah. but it's just, yeah, it's, and so like I've had it last year was like one of my toughest years in recovery, just mentally, like men, my mental health has been terrible. Like, I don't know if I'm, I finally decided that I, I celebrated my clean day, you know, like I was like, I, yeah, I get the only reason I was like that was because I was had to take drugs, you know, and like, yeah, but like, I was like, well, I'm not clean anymore, but you know, going into it, it was, I don't know. It's like, no, my sponsor's like, no, you're, you're still clean. You know, like you did this stuff. It's in our literature, you know? So, yeah, I think, I think the, um, in a situation like that, I think the 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 big difference uh, is the intention, mm-hmm. and you know your intention. And again, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine what you were going through. Like I, 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 I can't. It's just it sounds awful. And especially having those conflicted ideas of I'm in recovery, I'm a sober person, and now I'm taking this pill to to uh, to help with very real pain, which is now fired up this other part of my brain that I haven't even used or thought about, or I thought I had under control. And now those two conflicting ideas in my head, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not your fault. And it's, it's your, your intention is to stay sober every single goddamn day for the last 13 years. Right. So, um, like you're just doing the best you can. Like, it's not a, um, there's no, there's no moral failing on your part. Yeah, no, no. I was like, I felt guilty, you know, like the, sure. like the intent, you know, like I can't, there's no clean date or sobriety date for like, you know, like my thoughts, you know, like it's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> and so that's how I kind of had to look at it because like I felt like I wanted to use these, you know, like because I'd been so long, you know, like to feel that way, you know, mm-hmm. and like, but that's not like, I'm not my clean day isn't from wanting to use drugs, you know, or like it's from when I put something in my system, you know? Yeah. Yeah. With the intention of getting high, getting high, changing. I guess the change in the way you feel part, like I'm always trying to change the way I feel, you know, like, like, yeah. Like that's really just a human thing. I mean, I know we like to give, uh, there's there, there's a quote, uh, by a guy named Mishka Shubali, who I've had on the show a couple times. And he says, and I'm probably going to misquote a little bit, what we give, we often give addiction an agency it doesn't deserve, I think is how the quote goes. Because wanting to change how we feel is just a human thing. Like today kind of sucks. So I'm going to eat some ice cream and take a nap. Like that's just changing the way I feel, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's Go nothing in or like, Go, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah. Um, so I think that's important to remember that, like, it's not just addiction. We're just human beings. And to, to be given a diagnosis, like you were given is hard mm-hmm. to say the yeah. least. Like, I don't think that word does it justice. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it was, you know, like, like the last, so like it's like the year anniversary, like basically of going through treatment and cancer and stuff. And like, I've had, I have lots of PTSD right now and anxiety and just like not sleeping, fearing, like going through this fear stuff of like sleeping in my bed and like, it's just super weird stuff, you know? And eventually my, this last week though, I've kind of been all right. And I've been able to sleep in my bed from, cause like I went on vacation two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And like when I slept in a motorhome and I slept so good for that week. And it was like, and I get back home and I like couldn't sleep. Yeah, it was like crazy. I've been focusing, talking about it with people, you know, because that's what they, you know, we talk about our feelings. We talk about stuff with other people, you know, like, yeah. I'm like, this is, I don't like this, you know, so I talk about it, you know, like that's what recovery has, you know, that's what we have a great life today, you know, like I, you know, like I do gratitude lists every morning, you know, and I'm just like grateful, you know, like it's like just, Grateful for, you know, I slept in my bed last night. That's <laughs> if that's where it starts, that's where it starts, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, plus like it's like, uh, it's it's so different than even when we first met, or even when the end of like before you got sober, or like before I got sober, like, you know, it's just like life is so different. It's just drastically a podcast, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Be here talking. no this would not this wouldn't exist man i would not i would be i know exactly where i'd be i'd be like drunk with a bottle of vodka somewhere miserable probably in my bed sleeping off a hangover and you know it would just be it would be horrible and i would hate everything i would hate everything and everyone myself most of all and this is like the you know like in the 20 plus years we've known each other this is the deepest conversation most real conversation we've ever had you know 100 and it's cool it's like it's like the problem yeah. you know, it's not like a, you know like this is this is a gift it's a blessing you know it's like yeah special yeah it really is i mean because yeah you're right and not that it wasn't again not that it wasn't fun not that we didn't have good times but there certainly wasn't any there was no there was no genuine connection necessarily. It was always predicated on let's get drunk and let's get high. Yeah. And maybe we were cool and like we could hang out and we were fun, but you know, there was never any, um, how you doing buddy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Let's go get here. Let's get around the shots. You know? Yeah, exactly. How much money does anybody have that we can get drunk with? It yeah. doesn't matter whose money it is. If I have money, I'm going to buy booze and or drugs for everyone because I need somebody to, to drink with and get high with right yeah, let's go to the bowling alley we'll drink yes <laughs> and the bowling alley i had a lot of fun at the bowling alley again i don't want to like dismiss it all as yeah. misery and pain um but also that whole the end of, end of the night 4 a.m by myself yeah that's where it all goes it always goes <laughs> back like it starts with us all hanging out together but then it's like singularly we're all just like by ourselves miserable yeah and it's like it's just like the, the timeline or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like the timeline of people's story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, but it's cool today that like we help, you know, like someone could listen to this that needs help. And then like, is like relates and they, they seek help. That's, I mean, that's part of it. And I, I've, I've come to a realization that this is also, I do this with and for the intention of helping people, but also, it's just part of what I need to do. Yeah. Like for me, because I thought about, I took a break and I didn't do, there's a couple different times I took a break from, you know, finding people, talking to people. And I was like, God, you know, I just don't, I don't know. And maybe I won't do it again. And then it was for me that it was just super helpful to listen to you and talk with you. And, and especially, you know, somebody who I've known for a long time and who I used to get down with you know (laughs) um so in the last year you go through the the in and you've you've since beat the cancer yeah cancer free free, congratulations um but it's kind of left a bad taste in your mouth as far as recovery goes at least um 
because of the conflict with yeah i think i think it's just me Mm -hmm. you know i'm trying to find a therapist that's good i'm trying to find i talk to people in recovery every day you know right i'm not when i was on vacation i was like i could totally just drink right now like i'm like with my kids and i'm like i don't know i was like in the grocery store i'm just like I could totally just drink right now. And it's like, not that I did, you know, right. but like, or, but it was mm-hmm. just weird that I had this, this thought, I'm like, well, I can yeah. just start drinking. Why, what's stopping me? You know, and it's like, it's just weird. And I haven't had mm-hmm. that thought in a while. And it was like, I didn't, you know, the, 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 the thought went away. But like, so I had, to, what I did is I texted somebody, you know, I'm like, yeah. hey, this is weird, you know, and, <laughs> yeah help me help me right now and so and because i have loving and caring friends you know which i'm sure i can message you or whatever sure it's all right you know yeah vice versa yeah absolutely um there's that weird thing with higher power that like i wasn't like i might have used to sit down and pray but i don't do that like i don't which eventually I will get back there, I imagine, but. Yeah. I mean, you're still obviously, so, you know, it sounds to me like you're struggling with some things and rightfully and reasonably so, but also you haven't, you haven't renounced anything. You're just like, Hey man, um, I'm not too sure about stuff and maybe I'll be sure again. And maybe I won't. And, you know, maybe this whole recovery thing will morph and change and develop and hopefully it'll evolve. I keep hoping it'll evolve. Like, right. It's not just going to stay the same. It's not just, you know, don't drink, go to meetings, you know, <laughs> which is, which is really important and you shouldn't drink and you should go to meetings, but there's more to it than, than just that. Yeah. Um, and well, especially so for somebody to beat cancer. There's go a ahead. cool, so like, so I met this guy. We went, we met, we, every morning we got radiated together and like at eight o'clock we met, right? I, we went and got to the cancer center and we got radiation. And then, but now he's 70 something years old, 75, just turned 75. He has 30 plus years sober. And like, we have breakfast every morning to get together. Like we have breakfast huh. and we talk. He's like my best friend. And I'm like, now we have shared experiences of going through, you know, he's the one person that understands what I've gone through, you know, Mm -hmm. plus the night he's now going to AA meetings again after like talking to me because his life was getting out of control or whatever. Like, so he's found going after 30 plus years, he's going back to uh, Saturday morning meeting, you know? And so, but it's cool that like even through all this bad stuff, like good stuff happened. You know, yeah, it's like relationship with this, you know, we're completely, you know, he's a retired 75 year old professor, you know, like, <laughs> but we bitch to each other every morning about whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome. What a great, what a great way to, to start your day. Right. Like yeah. to sit and have breakfast with somebody who you can, you can relate with, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's huge. Most people yeah. don't have that, you know, what a, what an awesome thing. Um, despite it coming from a pretty awful place. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I guess I would like to, to ask you one, um, and I think we've kind of touched on this already, but also I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, what are you struggling with most in sobriety? And, um, and it sounds to me like it's the higher power business, but yeah, I think so. Um, like I think I used to struggle with like sex stuff mm-hmm. and like I replaced stuff with that. But I think which the cancer, the best thing about cancer is that all went away. Like I have no like libido or whatever anymore. And so, and which probably maybe isn't a good thing, but like it's, I, it's a self-esteem thing. I, I don't, like I lost 40, 30 pounds or whatever. And I don't feel very good about myself and which, but I'm gaining weight. And so my mental abilities, my, 
my mental health's better now, but yeah. Like, so, but that that like compulsion of sex or porn or whatever it was mm-hmm. like has dissipated, and I guess I now buy more shoes, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't need a girlfriend, but like I I buy shoes. That's so. fine. I think that's great. I think that's good. <laughs> buy shoes. That's I. That's that's a good that's a good piece of advice. Um, well, I mean. So if this is all just transit. I mean, you look great, by the way. You look like the Ian Gray that that I have always known. Um, but um, you look and, better than the, the John really that I used to know. And well, so it's awesome to see you. you're an inspiration, really. So it's a well. So it's a lot of there's a there's a lot of uh, self abuse and um, and self loathing that has gone into this. I won't be. I won't lie. Um, but, and I'm working on that as well. I'm getting much better with that. Um, you know, to just to drop weight. Cause I was always a very heavy dude. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, do you feel like, but those, but those struggles you're, you don't, you don't, again, you're not giving anything up. You haven't quit anything. No, no. Yeah. No, I like just, yeah. Even going through, like, it's like, I don't need to change, you know, I don't need to get high or I need to drink like I'm like at all this it's so much work it just seems like so much work like I could never I would do this and then like I would have to do this and then I have to do that and like it would just be like it's just exhausting like I'm like we used to lead exhausting lives I'm like I'm gonna get done working today my kids are going to go to sleep and i'm going to sit on the couch and probably put on a tv show or whatever you yeah. know <laughs> and go to bed at 10 30 <laughs> nice that sounds good um, yeah um and my last my last question or uh what what would you to anyone who's listening out there having trouble thinking about it um struggling with it wanting to find or do something different with their lives rather than get higher drunk what would you suggest to them to go to i don't know just it's hard it's hard to say i don't know go to a meeting listen Mm -hmm. try to stop using yeah it's like everyone has to hit their bottom or what you know like it's like has Mm -hmm. to get we all have to get miserable enough to change and it's like but i just hope people get miserable enough you know, it's like, I hope that's, they're miserable enough to like go to a meeting and say, I, I want people to ask for help. Yeah. You know, like, I hope people can just reach out to somebody and ask for help. And yeah. Yeah. 100%. Maybe, maybe it doesn't, but like they just keep trying. I didn't like, yeah, just keep trying, you know, like don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause how many years was it from the first time you went to, any sort of rehab to getting sober long 20, 20 years, you know, like, you know, like 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I do like the idea of you just need to get miserable enough to change. <laughs> um, and you know, your misery doesn't have to be as bad as somebody else's. I used to, I used to, I used to think about that a lot. I was like, why can't I just get this? Why am I so resistant? Um, did I just not get miserable enough? Did I not hit a low enough of a rock bottom? Do I need to go out there and really find my rock bottom so that I will, that, you know, they would talk about the gift of desperation. And I certainly had some of that, but I just always felt like I wasn't getting it and it wasn't coming to me because I wasn't miserable enough. Yeah. But that's not necessarily the case. You don't have to be. Holding. I'm kind of picturing your misery before you got the your life before you got sober, like, mm-hmm. and it looks terrible. And so I'm glad <laughs> yes. you were desperate, you know, like it was, I it was like, I'm like, Oh, that just, that just sounds terrible. Yeah. That's like, cause everyone's story is different and everyone's yeah. like, it's all different, but we, every, it all starts with like desperation, you know, like, yeah. and it's like, we can't judge each other's, desperation i guess you know because everyone we all have ego and we all want to like be like oh my story is the toughest you know or like i was the baddest dude but like mm-hmm. everyone was 
you know, pretty much on their knees asking for help, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think I told you too, the, uh, the bottle of vodka, the very last one and, you know, subsequent ones before that were under the bed. I would just keep them under, I would just roll it under the bed. And so I would have to get down on my knees to go grab this bottle of vodka. And so it's, it's just, you know, then, then get on your knees for something better. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, you're right. You're absolutely right. I was miserable enough. I don't want to ever want to go back there. I don't want to do yeah. that. Yeah. Cause like my, I guess like I never did drugs the certain way, you know, like maybe I need to do it that way. Or like, you know, like I never did this. It's like, you know, like it's like, I don't want to do that stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. like, but some, everyone's story is different. You know, it's like, but we all have, I mean, sponsor always would say, we all have, we all have different stories, but we all have a story to help somebody, you know, and like, and, you know, and so that's basically what it's about, you know, and like in the process, we help each other, you know, so it's. No one does it alone, right? <sighs> um, Ian, this is awesome. This was, uh, this was great. I'm going to message you and I, cause I don't think I have your phone number, but we'll exchange numbers. Yes. Um, and then, um, yeah, man. I, it's, it's great to see that you are, you look healthy and you're alive and you are doing extraordinarily well, um, these days. And yeah, man, I just, I can't thank you enough for, for doing this. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me, man. This has been <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah. And, and the bowling alley was, I still have a lot of fond memories from there too. <laughs> Is that the phone Ian? These were inside jokes I wasn't even a part of, but it was just like, it was great to just show up there and be like, is that the phone? And like, everybody just starts cracking up. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Deaf nephew. Deaf nephew. <laughs> All those things. Yeah. I mean, and that's where, that's where I met. That's where I met Matt too. Yeah. You know? Um, so it was, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot, a lot of fun, um, despite everything, but I'm just glad that you're, you're here today doing this. So, um, thanks again, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again for listening. Our music as always is by neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>